testing? Hey. Well, I think maybe that uh, that could be an object lesson for the uh, message today. You have all the equipment in the world, but if you don't have the power, <laughs> you got to have the power. Amen. I want you to uh, take your Bibles with you, if you will. And let's go to John, the 8th chapter. And then we're going to jump over to John, the 14th chapter. John, the 8th chapter, and then uh, jump over to John 14. And with uh, that said, I want you to pray with me right now that the Holy Spirit would do what the Holy Spirit does. I want to pray for the power of the Spirit of the Lord. You don't need just to hear my voice. You need to hear His voice. You need to hear His Word. You need God to bring revelation into your situation. And so I want you to pray with me right now that the Holy Spirit would just consume the next few moments that we have with His presence and His glory, and that we would hear His voice, and we would be liberated by the truth that He reveals to us. Amen? Father, we just come before you, Lord, today, and Lord, we are so extremely grateful, God, for your merciful kindness. Lord, we are extremely grateful, Lord, for the word, for the blood, for the sacrifice. Lord, we thank you that we are not orphans, but we are heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And Lord, I just pray for the next few moments that you would bring a greater level of liberty to every heart that hears today. And Father, I'll be careful to give you all the praise and the honor and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we get started today, I just want to say thank you to our church, our church family, the love that you poured into uh, Pam and her family for the loss of Belinda. It was just, it, it touched my heart when I looked up and seen as many as could could be here on Friday. I just want to thank you for, for loving on them, and I know that Pam would, would, would want me to say that to you. So thank you for for participating. Uh, let's look here in John, John the 8th chapter. I'm going to read the, start reading in the 31st verse. And we're, we're talking again about living free. We've, we've talked about identity because if we don't know who we are, we're not going to find any liberty in, in this world. But not only understanding who we are, we need to understand God's healed us. Amen. That we are healed through the blood of the lamb. Now I've made this statement. I'm going to make it again. Jesus is the example for us until we realize he's the example of us. Amen? That when Jesus walked on the earth, and we'll talk about this in more in just a, a few minutes, but when he walked on the face of the earth, he did so to give us the reality of how the human existence should be on earth. He was the one who was every bit 100% totally God but he was also 100% every bit totally man. We understand according to scriptures that when he died, he died as a man. God fully clothed as a man and he rose as a human being. How do we know that? Because when he stepped into the room, he, he, asked the, the, he took bread with the disciples. He let them know that, that I'm, I'm, I am body, soul, and spirit. Anyway, we'll get, we'll get deeper into that in just a little bit. But I want you to look here as we talk about living free. Then Jesus said in verse 31, to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word and you are my disciples, you are my disciples indeed. So what is the prerequisite of being a disciple? You've got to abide in his word. Amen? Just like the word of the Lord tells us, they that are led of the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Can we qualify ourselves as children of God if we're not being led by the Spirit of God? And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Love it. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never, need, never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? They weren't getting the message, were they? Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Do we have any sons and daughters of God in the house? Men? Therefore, if the son makes you free, you are free indeed. Who makes you free? 
Can't make yourself free. The Son makes us free. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me. For what reason? Because my word has no place in you. Well, there's the absence of the word, there is the influential presence of the Antichrist. I speak what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have seen of your father. Hmm. We'll stop there. Let's back up there. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Do you agree with that? Look at John 14 and 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And Jesus just declared to us, I am the truth. So in order for us to live in freedom, who do we have to know? Jesus. Outside of Jesus, there is no true freedom. He is the only way. He is the only truth. He is the only life that we can discover that will lead us into into the Father's house. Amen? Now, we understand that sin, sin is is defined as harmatia. The word sin in the Greek means it's pronounced harmatia. It means missing the mark. We have preached that. We've talked about missing the mark. Like a, 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 a archer would take and he would aim at a, at a target. He would release and missing that mark. But it's way more than that. Sin means a forfeiture. Harmatia means a forfeiture of relationship. It means a forfeiture of relational inheritance. It means literally a brand of sin that emphasizes a self-originating, self-empowering. That's what it means to sin. It means that literally you live in a place where you decided that, hey, I'm going to do things on my own. I'm going to live according to my standards. I'm going to live according to my words. I'm going to live according to what I see fit. I'm going to rationalize, and I'm going to use my level of understanding. And what happens is we get seduced by the circumstance. And what happens as we walk on the face of the earth, what are we doing when we are declaring, I'm a self-willed individual, I will self-govern, I will self-empower, I will do it on my own, I will do it my way. What happens? We have forfeited our inheritance. Why? Because we have forfeited our relationship with the Lord. Now, the word repentance is Ganesco. It means to come to, recognize, and perceive. Gnosko. The word repentance in, in the Greek is Gnosko. It's, no, oh no, I got my definitions all messed up. Forget all that. Scratch from the record, please. Let the record reflect. I just read the wrong definition. <laughs> so that word gnosko is actually the know, the know. I want you to, to know the truth because the truth is what's going to make you free. To know God, gnosko, to know him. To know truth is to know Jesus. Is to know Jesus is to know truth. You don't, you, if you want to be free, you've got to know who Jesus is. Not only what he's done for you, what he's done in you, and what he will do through you. Not only know where he's brought you from, but where he's kept you and where he's taking you. It is that word know, that's the, that's the word gnosko. It means, to, it means to have a personal experience with the knowledge that you have. It is an ex, ex, experiential knowledge that you have of God. It's not so much to know who he is. I mean, we know, and, and don't, I'm, I'm not preaching politics right now, but understand this. 
I know who the president of the United States is. You know who the president of the United States is. <laughs> but you know what? He doesn't know who you are. <laughs> he, he needs to know. <laughs> but we, could, we, could, we did this little exercise in, in, in Mexico, and, and all the names of the, uh, of the crowd was called out. And, and what we understand is that, is that we, can, we can know who a person is, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that person knows who we are. Well, let me declare to you today, the Lord God Almighty, He knows you. He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows your first name. He can pronounce your middle name. He knows your last name. He knows your pet names. He knows everything about you. He knows the very hairs on your head. He knows if they are gray. He knows whether or not they're gray. He knows the absence of those hairs. He knew where they fell. <laughs> Maybe he's gathering them up to give them back to you. I don't know. <laughs> but he knows everything about you. We serve a God who knows us. And you know what? He loves us. He loves us with an emphatic, overwhelming, uh, abundant, beyond imagination love. He loves us. The problem is not with the love of God. It's never been with the love of God. He loves us so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe would not perish but have everlasting life. The love of God is without question. The challenge is for you and I. To fall in love with him. And when you fall in love with him, it changes everything. And now you walk with him. Now you talk with him. Now all of a sudden you discover how faithful he is and how trustworthy he is because you, you're, you're walking alongside of him. And what he gives us to liberate us is not only his blood, not only his spirit, but he gives the truth of his word. And we understand if his word abides in us and we allow his word to govern us. I love the words of that song. I don't know that we fully comprehend how powerful that little chorus that we sing is that I am who he says I am. I am who he says I am. If we could begin to, to be brave enough to begin to believe that we are who God says we are. And we are sons and daughters in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're not, let me tell you some good news. God wants a relationship with you. He's created you to worship him. He's created you to have purpose. He's created you to live in the context of community. He's raised he's, he's He wants you to have and to live the purpose that he has for you in your life. What a beautiful, beautiful thing. But this, this word, no, it's to have an experiential knowledge of God. I don't want to serve a dead relic. I don't want to bow down to some inanimate object sitting on a shelf somewhere. I don't, want to, I don't want to bow down to, to, to some sort of shrine created, invoked by hell, created by man, and set aside to say, look, this is God right here. This will get you out of all your troubles. I, I believe the Lord has scratched his head at humanity a time or two and said, can you not see what I have in store? Open your eyes. But it takes the Holy Spirit to cause the scales to fall from our eyes. But if we can get to the place, folks, of understanding our identity, we'll understand the healing. And, folks, but we've got to start here with this. It's a knowledge of knowing. If you, if you know the truth of God, the truth of God will make you free. Jesus is the one who liberates us. Now, back to the word sin. Sin is metanoia. That word metanoia means, I'm sorry, repentance. I had a day or two without sleep. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me back up. Thanks, Mom, for keeping me on track here. Let's go to the Scriptures. Amen. <laughs> it's all Greek to me, okay? <laughs> From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say in Matthew 4 and 17, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. That word repent means, is that word metanoia. Means to repent, means to change your mind, change the inner man, 
particularly with the reference to acceptance of the will of God, to change one's mind, thus changing one's purpose. Would I repent of my sins? Would I repent of the forfeiture of the things that God wants to put in me through the identity of him in me and heal my heart, sozo my heart, heal what is on the inside of me. When I repent, turning away, doing a 180 from where I was at, not a 360, spin around and keep going the same direction, a 180 where I turn and I walk away from those things. What I'm doing is I'm laying down an old mindset that God is against me and I'm taking up the truth of God's word that declares that God is for me and now I'm, I'm conditioning, I'm cultivating, I'm understanding that Jesus set forth an example for me so that I would begin to walk in a reality until that reality becomes the truth of God's word that is within me. And now I walk in a place and strive to walk in a place where I understand that he's the example of me. Is this going over this morning? See, the repentance there is it is... Um, it is living outside the right mind. It's living in a place where you're just not, you're wondering why in the world isn't everything working out? Why isn't anything that I'm looking at, why isn't working? Could it be that you've got the wrong mind? You've got an alienated mind and you're trying to reconcile it to an almighty God. What we have to do is take our alienated mind, our wrong thinking about God, our wrong perception about God, the things that the Lord has tried to, tried to refute by bringing the truth of who he really is and set it down before us and say, look, man in his imagination in hell tried to thwart to declare who I was and who I am, but I say to you, this is who I am. I am God Almighty and I change not and the truth of God's word will not change. And you start changing the truth of God's word, it'll stop changing you. Let me say to you, please don't say this in my presence. I will try to bring the love of God and walk in grace and do the hard things. And the hard thing would be for me not to say something. I despise with a loathe. Anybody ever loathe something? <laughs> me and the big man in the sky. <clears throat> that gets all over me. There's not very many things that aggravate me. And there's few things that I, that, that I will push back from a plate and not eat. But let me tell you, it's like celery to me. I hate celery. And I hate that statement. <laughs> me and the big man in the sky have a, have a we have this agreement. <laughs> let me tell you, that's no agreement at all. You need to understand that there is a holy, almighty God. And he changes not. But his desire is to change you. His desire is to reconcile you to his image so that you can walk as you ought to walk and you can live as you ought to live and you can talk as you ought to talk and you can parent as you ought to parent and you can be a husband as you ought to be a husband and you can be a wife as you ought to be a wife. So changing the mind, changing, getting a different mindset. I, I just love, and, and, and I was reminded of that this morning as I've declared to you, and I still believe that the only thing I have going for me is God. Amen? <laughs> well, I had a buddy of mine. He was, he was associate pastor at a church in Arkansas. And, and as associate pastor, the pastor left, went and pastored another church in, in Houston. And, and so he's there. And he's, got to, he's sharing this with some of us. He said, you know, I had some of the people in the church, they put me, they're going to put me up for a vote to see if I'm the one to take over the church. And this, he said, this one lady, she just kept coming, and she said, you know, you know, brother, let me tell you, I, one day I'm for you, the next day I'm thinking, I don't know. She said, I, you know, the touch of God's on your life, and you speak the word, and oh, that's wonderful. She said, but, you know, when I just do the math, she said, the only thing you've got going for you is God. Poster child right here. <laughs> but see, in the book of Acts, they were, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. <laughs> what a declaration, amen? 
they have been with Jesus. I don't know how these men know what they know. I don't know how they preach the way they preach, but there's one thing I perceive. They may not have the education and the background we do, but they know stuff. How do they know stuff? Because they've been with the knower. Amen? They've been with the one. What is God looking for? He's not looking at your credentials. He's not looking at what you have at the end of your name, and all those things are wonderful. I, be, I love it when God takes the, the intellectual and fuses it with the spiritual, and, and you have profound thoughts and words and things that come forth. But let me tell you, you it's not just knowledge we're looking for. It is the power of the Spirit of the Lord. And if you'll get in that secret place with the Most High God and go to the mountaintop and come down with your face glowing with the glory of God, you will see transformation begin to take place. Because it is not just an intellectual knowledge. We need the information. Obviously, folks, I'm not preaching against education. Hear me. But folks, what we need is the presence of God in our prayer meetings, in our classrooms, on our schoolyards, on our courtyards, on our, on our state capital in these United States. But where we need it most is in the house. I mean, the knowledge of God that comes from an experience. You can't talk me off of this because God is real. Little hometown where I'm from, there's a road. I can take you to it. It's called Bug Scuffle Road. Bug Scuffle Road. Some of you say, I don't believe that. It don't make any difference. I've been on Bug Scuffle Road, I know it exists. The same thing is true about the knowledge of the truth of God's Word. The knowledge of who Jesus is. You can't tell me He won't meet you in that valley. I know because I've been to that valley. You can't tell me he won't meet you on that mountaintop because I've been to that mountaintop. You can't tell me that he will not walk with you through the flood. I've walked through the flood and he was right there with me. I've been in the lion's den and he was there. I've been in the furnace and he is there. How do I have this knowledge? Because God walks with us. You shall know the truth. You shall know him. You shall know Jesus. Jesus will make you free. It's not a scorecard that God is looking for. It's not a list of uh, Michael Sanders, come up to the, come on, it's your turn in line. Cue up, stand up, stay right here. Okay, we're going to check off all the things that you did. Uh, you got more wrong than you had right. Open the door, the, the escape hatch, let's drop him into hell because that's all he's going to get. No. The question is not going to be the do's and the don'ts. The question is going to be, do you have a living, active relationship with a living God? Does he abide inside of your heart? Are you governed by his word? Do you live according to what he has, he has laid forth? Because if you love him, and only because you love him, will you keep his commandments. And those commandments are not grievous. They're, those commandments are not, are not oh, God, not again. i, I got to not steal again. <laughs> but Lord, my fingers are so sticky. I just got to... Uh. What, I, I can't murder today? Keep his commandments and they're not grievous. Because there's something that comes alive on the inside of your heart. It's called a relationship with the living God. It is called sonship. Sonship wakens in your heart. And all of a sudden you have this compulsion that you didn't have before. You have this compulsion that I want to please the Father. I want to have a relationship with my Father. I want to walk with my Father. I want to talk with my Father. I want to know what He knows. I want to feel what He feels. I want to share life with my Father. I want to be a daddy's boy. Are you hearing me? See, there's something that transforms, and there's an there's a insidious, satanic, hellacious attack against fatherhood. There is a distortion. There is a they vile 
misrepresentation of the heavenly father to destroy the image of the father from the earliest moment in a child's life in order that they may not know their identity they may not know their inheritance they may not know the relationship it is a spirit of antichrist because when christ comes he brings us into inheritance he brings us into sonship he brings us into relationship with the father and folks i want to say to you today with all of my heart cry please begin to pray for the children and the children's children because we're living in a day where there is a satanic attack our education systems have stopped being education systems they are now indoctrination against what God has meant for people to be now hear what I'm saying we need godly teachers in the workforce we need godly administrators in the workforce. We need, God, we need spirit-filled people in the classroom, on the school boards. We need people in those, in those arenas. Amen? Let's say, no, we're not putting up with this. Amen. God's way. Just bleeding over a little bit of my heart here. Let's, as we think about truth and we liken truth and understand what the word says about truth to know jesus to know truth you will know the truth you will know the truth and the truth will make you free who wants to be free in this house who honestly genuinely wants to be free in every area of your life then you got to know jesus now let me let me make this statement to you Honesty, folks, leads to intimacy. Honesty. The word honesty is, it, honest is to be free from deceit, free from untruthfulness. So honesty is living in a state, a place where I'm not accepting deceit, lies of the enemy. I am not willing to live in untruthfulness. I want to live in truth because that's where I want to be free. We can only be as close in a relationship as we are willing to be honest. Do you agree? You can only be as close in a relationship as you are willing to be honest. That's a physical relationship, a, a, relation, a, 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 a friendship relationship. If you're not honest, guess what? The thing you're trying to cover up, that person may not know what it is, but they can feel it. It's like the awkward turtle swim away. You know what I'm saying? It's just there. It's in the room. And it's usually the things that we're trying to build up because we don't want them to either to find out what's going on or they don't, we really don't want to, them to see us for who we really are. And see, that is a strategy of the enemy to keep people from getting close because there's power in unity and there's power in relationship and when we come together in unity we discover in the word of God there's nothing stopping the body of Christ when we begin to function in unity so why wouldn't you go after unity why wouldn't you start at an early age robbing identity robbing truth robbing individuals from where their God-given purpose and destiny so that now they got to wall themselves off they've got to hide from all the the rest of the world. They've got to keep everyone at arm's length because if you get close enough, you might see who I really, 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 really am. Come on. Come on. And let me give you a newsflash. That's the person that we want to see. <laughs> is the authentic version of who you are, not the shroudedness of what you're covering yourself up with. We, we, God wants to get us back to the day where he can pull those things off and say, oh, there you are right there. They went looking for Saul one day when he was called to be king. And where did they find him? Some versions say it this way. He was hiding and buried in the stuff. Some versions say that he was buried and hiding in the baggage. I just want people to come out of the baggage, amen? I want to help you by the word of God, the power of God, so that you can discover who he is, so that you can walk in the likeness of the image of God, so that when you open your mouth, others may see that there is an authentic expression of who God is. And Hey, if God will do it for that one, he'll surely do it for me, amen? Let's see, honesty. 
Honesty leads to intimacy. If you want to be intimate with a person in relationship, you've got to be honest. If, you, if you're living in a place, and more importantly, if you want to be in relationship with God, he knows it all anyway. And usually, you know, circumstance is a seductive liar, persuasive, forked tongue, tell you everything God doesn't want to do for you and how bad you really are. But I found out when you, when you find yourself in a crucible, when, when the heat's turned up and what happens is your separation of the, of, the, of the ore. They take the ore and they put it in the crucible. They set the fire on it. And when they set the fire on it, all of a sudden there's a separation of what is, what is pure and a separation of what is pure. And then the, the impurities begin to rise to the top. When you find yourself in a circumstance and all of a sudden the things that you hate most about yourself start rising to the top, don't get worried. Don't jump out of the fire. Stay where you're at. Because if God is not changing the circumstance, he's changing you in the circumstance. And so what happens is, is there's a dross begins to come up. And what the refiner will do is he will come over and he will wipe it off. And he will look into that crucible. And if he can see his image, he knows that the purity is there. But if he can't see his image, he just keeps the heat there. He just lets it keep boiling. And there's times, as I'm, I'm telling you, I, I'm, one fault I have is I will pet you to death. And if I could get you out of every trouble, I would do it. But the Lord has restrained my hands. And he said, don't do it. Let them stay where they're at long enough for me to get the impurities. Because I've pulled people out of the fire too quickly as I have aided in their, in their situation. And God said, I've got to start all over now and bring them to another situation. Because you keep rescuing them and enabling them to keep doing what they're doing. Leave them there and let the fire burn because I'm doing a separation, church. I'm moving. Because when I, when I look into that crucible, I want to see my image. Yeah. When I see my image looking back at me, now I know that they understand that they know me. They have identity in me. This is what self-obsession looks like. that ultimately will lead to every difficulty a person will find themselves in, in a mental state. Self-obsession is living in a room that has floor-to-ceiling, ceiling-to-floor mirrors. And when you sit in that room and you look at the wall, you see yourself. And you look at the ceiling, you see yourself. And you look at the floor, you see yourself. That's self-obsession. And that's where the circumstance would like to lead you, to that place of self-obsession. Men love darkness rather than light, lest their deeds be made known. If I'm going to find freedom in God, I've got to be willing to allow God to take the chisel and the hammer and just destroy this room filled with all of these mirrors that all I can see looking out is self and all I see looking back is self. What do I mean by that? I mean that when you walk in the room, you're not concerned about the people in the room. You're concerned about what the people are thinking about you, about how they are affecting you. You're not concerned about the people in the workplace. You're more concerned about whether you will get the promotion and you can't celebrate somebody else getting a promotion. You're not really concerned about your children call upon their life, you're more concerned about whether or not you feel good about yourself that day. You're not really concerned about the truth that they're walking in. You're more concerned about whether or not you feel like you ought to feel in the situation. And I'm saying to you folks that it's time that we be honest with ourselves and say, God, I need you to step into my room and destroy this self-obsession. And when he does that, you look at that same wall that's in your room. That mirror's gone. Now you can see him. Now you can look out the window because you didn't know the window was there before. And wait a minute, there's a world in need. And what do they need? They need the knowledge that you have of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And folks, let me tell you today, if there's an absence of freedom, if there's an absence of freedom in my life, your life, anyone's life in here, there is a presence 
of a lie. Are you with me? If there's an absence of freedom, there is a presence of a lie. Because if we are not living in freedom, we're not living in truth. And the Lord wants to lead you into the place where you take confidence. Remember I talked about the, the, the images that are formed that we create of our own experiences? And we define God and we, we just, okay, we know that it's not really God, but we got this inanimate object and it's a bull and, you know, God rides on that bull. <laughs> you know, even when they had the serpent on the pole, they had to destroy it because they were making an idol out of it. They were taking more confidence in what they could see instead of having faith in what they couldn't see. So the Lord tears those things down. And he says to us, there's just one avenue by which you can attain the image, the inheritance, the life, the joy. It's not by putting confidence in your rituals and the laws you make up for yourself or the laws you try to live under. See, the argument the Lord had with those in the crowd, they were, they were like, hey, we got, we got Abraham. We're not, we're not in bondage. And it's like, ha, <laughs> ha. We got Moses. We're not in bondage. He's like, you don't understand. That law was to lead you to me. Because I guarantee you, not any person in that crowd withheld all 613 laws. <laughs> if you fell in one, you're guilty of it all. And so the only way to find the place of freedom is you've got to put your faith. Not in what you do, but who he is. And now you start walking in the truth of who he is because you're in a relationship and you're no longer, hear me, if you're still trying to validate yourself by your performance, you will never reach that place. It's always going to be just out of reach. The only way that you can find true life is you've got to lose yourself and then you will find your life. Amen? You will find who you are meant to be. Oh, I've got two more hours of preaching and I can't get to it. So we're going to stop right there. Do you feel that? We just came to an immediate, a hard stop. If you're living in bondage, It's painted a little bit prettier so you'll if there's an absence of freedom there's a presence of a lie you're believing something about yourself that God didn't say you're believing something about God that he did not say living in a place where you just don't have freedom what does freedom look like it looks a lot like freedom it looks like a person who, now, this, this goes out to all the introverts. Any introverts in the house? There's four or five brave ones because, because when you're an introvert, you don't want to acknowledge you're an introvert because the extroverts are so bullish. <laughs> Everybody wants to be an extrovert. <laughs> Come on, I'm an introvert. Any introverts in the house? I forgot where I was going. I got goofy there. <laughs> you got to get to the place where you start believing what God says about you. I had a good point about introvert, and I just messed myself up. Wait a minute, it'll come to me. Maybe it won't. <laughs> Who knows? Oh, maybe this is the point. If it's not, it's close enough. <laughs> Sometimes you have a real hard time accepting who you are. Accepting who, who you are because the world tells you this is the level of success. You got to be this, and you got to do that, and you got to do this, you got to do that. You can be bold and outspoken and forthright and blah, 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 blah. I don't have the personality. I don't have the education. I don't have this. I don't have blah, blah. And so you spend your life trying to check all these boxes and many times becoming what you never were meant to be. And you exhaust yourself with this list of 
And you can keep doing that. Or you can just step over and say, I'm going to step in Jesus. I'm leaving that behind. I'm going to step over in him. He's my validation. He's, my, uh, he's the one who enables me. He's the one that gives me the grace to do what I cannot do. And if I do anything good, it goes to him because without him, I can do nothing. And if I do accomplish anything, it's only because of his strength that he has put inside of me. And now all of a sudden, I'm liberated from being me. And now I have, uh, I have stepped into a place where I'm no longer validated by my performance. I am validated by the completed work of Christ. And now I live, and, and I want to live according to the confidence that I have of the one who's going to complete those complete me from the start all the way to the finish and now you don't have to put listen to me children of God introverts, extroverts, whatever verse whatever walk you are in life whatever personality you have it really makes no difference at all you can find liberty in knowing that Jesus Christ can be known and live on the inside of you and you can walk as you ought to walk and you can talk as you ought to talk and do what God has called you to do but if you live the existence of your Christian life and your life outside a covenant with God and all you're doing is trying to validate trying to overcome the hurt it's already been healed but you got to accept it by faith you got to accept it by faith and then God keeps leading you into deeper territories of freedom. Lance, I didn't ask permission, but you, my friend, I'm just going to do it anyway. A few years ago, Lance suffered, and he testified about it up here, about how fear had gripped him. He didn't even, so subtly, he didn't even know it. It was just a traumatic experience he, he experienced with a friend who lost his life in a diving accident. Seven years? One Sunday morning, there was a, I remember the day, I remember the altar call. He was sitting there and called out, I don't even know if we called out fear or not, but he came to the altar and he'd been, he'd been bound in this for some time. When the Lord touched him with the truth, that lie was broken. A few weeks later, I was having coffee or dinner or something with Lance and he he said, I'm so free, it scares me sometimes. I've been liberated, amen. i got to draw myself back in. What am I saying? What am I do? I, I just, you know what I'm saying? That's what God wants for all of his children. To no longer for you to live in this cage. He wants to not, he don't want to open the door. He wants to break the walls down, tear up the foundation. He wants to destroy it so that you don't even have the opportunity to go get the materials and put it back together again. And see, you've got to start with honesty. With honesty. And it's just like coming to the great position and the worship team is making their way up. This is the indication to you that I'm not going to go all day. Worship team, come up. I'm starting my first close. But you go to the doctor, and you'll sit and you'll wait. I'm not against doctors. You'll sit in that doctor's office, and you'll wait, and he'll come in, and he'll set you down. She'll set you down. And they will start asking you symptoms. Symptoms. Are you suffering from headaches, stuffy nose? What is it? What, what are your symptoms? Tell me your symptoms. Because ultimately, they understand that I, I'm, I'm not just going to treat the symptoms. I'm looking for the cause and see, we, we can have some symptoms, and when we come to the great physician, we may not, we, we may be so blinded by what, what it is that we're dealing with, 
And it's so deep inside of us, we don't understand what it is. And what the Lord does is, is, is he'll give off a call like this, and he'll start talking about the symptoms because he ultimately wants to get you to the place where he can change the, take care of the source of whatever that issue is. And if you feel an overwhelming sense of anxiety that something's always going to go wrong, that there's always this input of just, or this dark cloud that's over your mind all the time, and you just feel like you're just not right, and something's not, something is, is impending doom is going to rest upon you. Or if you walk into a room and immediately you close down and you shut down and, and your, your fear begins to grip you and you're wondering, uh, you know, uh, will I be accepted? Will I not be accepted? Do people like me? Do they not like me? Or you're laying down at night and your head hits the pillow and tears begin to flow because you feel like you don't have a place to belong in this life and you're, you just, just the, the tears are just, just flowing because your heart is broken because of something that has happened to you. Or there's voices of your past that keep telling you that you're going to have to guard yourself against anybody else ever getting close to you. Those are the symptoms. You can fill in your own blanks. But the problem is there's a lie that's present. Because that's not what truth is telling you. You got to take your present reality, like Jesse was saying. And you got to bring truth. You got to bring that reality into truth of God's Word and start believing by faith what God said about you. Stand. Clint and I were in men's ministry leadership meetings last couple of days. And the speaker made this statement. I thought it was so true. He said, 20 years ago, Scripture was truth in the minds of people. He said, 10 years ago, facts became the truth that we started living by. He said, five years ago, our feelings became truth. And now we live in a world filled with, who knows? <laughs> we got to get back to the what's really true. <laughs> we got to get back to what's true. Feelings will always, most often, they're blind guides and they'll lead you right off into a ditch but if we get back to the believing what the word says because we know him to be true freedom is going to be what you walk in if you're in this house today and you're sick and tired of the lie no matter what the symptom is you're saying Lord I want you to show me the lie I want to be free from that lie step out of your seat get to this altar now come on Come on, come on, come on, come on. We're going to pray with you just right now as you come to the altar, just begin to worship. Just begin to worship. Just begin to worship God. Oh, there's freedom in this house. There's freedom in this house. There's freedom in this house. And I'm going to need your help. There's freedom in this house. Please don't get leave this altar until you have if somebody has an opportunity to pray with you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Worship team, just begin to worship. Just begin to praise God. Just begin to praise God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost, but he brought me in all his love for me. Yes, his love for me. Who the sun says free, oh, is free indeed. I'm a child.
I want you to do this in this room and in this altar right now. I want you to I want you to do this in this room and this altar if you're able. Some of you are lost in the symptoms. I want you to do this right now. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to show you the lie. Just ask him. Come on in this room right now. Holy Spirit, show us the lie. Show us the lie. We recognize the symptoms, but Lord, we want to know, Lord, what is the lie? I'll give him just a minute. Mm. I can see the I can see in my spirit right now, it's just lights going off, lights going off. Now this is what I want you to do. I want you to ask the Lord to forgive you for believing that lie. Come on, let's do that right now together. Lord, we ask you that you would forgive us for believing that lie. That lie about ourselves, that lie about our circumstance, that lie about our future. Lord, we just, we want to, Lord, we we repent. We change our mind, Lord God. We we, we turn around, Lord God. We're not going to forfeit our inheritance, Lord God, because of this. Lord, we forgive. Lord, please forgive us, Lord God, right now. Now, I want you to do something else. You either picked up that lie, but most often that lie was brought to you by someone else. From a hurt, from an authority figure. I want you to ask the Lord to forgive the person who taught you the lie. Come on. Lord, I'm asking you that you would forgive the one who taught us that lie. Lord, we release them into your hands. Lord, we we release that husband, that wife, that child, that mother, the father, that that co-worker, the pastor, the deacon, the teacher, Lord God, the, the, the friend. Lord, we release that lie right now. We release that person and thus we ask God that you would forgive them. Now I want you to finish with this. 
Lord, I believe your truth. I believe your truth. I believe your word. And Lord, I believe that I am free. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. 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 I will share, I've shared this. I'll just close with this today. That little exercise I took you through is something I had to go through. There was a time in, not too long back, I found myself in a perfect storm. And this reoccurring issue kept surfacing in my life. And it was a, it was a codependence of having to fix all the problems and feeling the weight of the world resting on my shoulders. My wife came in and called me out. Don't you just love wives for that? She said, you're listening to a lie. What's the lie? I didn't even know what the lie was. I asked the Holy Spirit just like I ask you to do right now. And he showed me immediately the lie was the spirit of codependence that was trying to rest on my life. Having a need to fix everything and everybody and feeling the weight of it on my shoulders. Feeling less than adequate if I wasn't meeting the expectation of those around me. It was right in the middle of COVID. So the Lord showed me the lie. And then I asked for him to show me the one who taught me the lie. the berating words of a stepfather who was always telling me how worthless and no good. A manipulative mother who was sick in her mind for all of her adult life. And I had to bring myself to the place to forgive and let them go. Ask forgiveness for listening to that. And I want you to know there's been such liberty. Kind of like scary liberty. <laughs> And my hope for every person in this room is you get a hold of that scary liberty. <laughs> that you scare hell right back into hell. Amen. Amen. Office will be closed tomorrow. We've got leadership meetings down in East Texas. The youth are going to be meeting over at the Bronners on the 23rd Saturday. This is for grades 6 to 12. Uh, Devin and Bella can give you more information on that. They're going to have a, uh, a youth night and a fun night. Also, men's prayer breakfast, uh, September the 30th, 8 a.m. There's going to be a family fun night, October the 1st. Uh, that's going to be on a Sunday night. We're inviting everybody out. We're just It's what it is. It's just fun. We're going to play games and enjoy one another's company. Also, I want you to mark this on your calendar, first week of October, first Wednesday of October. We're changing our Wednesday schedule. We're going to go from adult service from 6 to 7, from 7 to 8. We will continue to have youth next door, uh, and there's going to be some other things going on in the sanctuary. We're going to have uh, intercessory prayer. Uh, we're, we're going to be introducing a, a program called Living Free. Uh, amen. We're going to... We're going to, things are going to shift just a little bit. So I'll give you more information on that as we go. But mark it, not this Wednesday, first Wednesday in October. We're going to go, the adult service will be from 6 to 7. And then we're going to have just the high school, junior high, youth service is going to be from 7 to 8, okay? And there will be other activities going on in here. So we'll let you know more details as we move along. Amy, Clint, where are you at? Come and... Uh, close us out in prayer today. Thank you folks so much for being here. We love and appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Use that microphone there. That, this one's dead. All right, let's pray. Father, we come to you in faith, Father, knowing that you, Lord, know all things. And Lord, we lay all anxiety, all stress down at your feet today. And we pray, Lord, that you comfort us and give us your peace and your joy. Allow us to go out today, Lord, 
for the message fallen on good fertile soil. Help us to represent you and to be light. And we thank you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen.